Hour three, the Plank Show is on the road. We're in Newcastle. Where, excuse me, at Riverwind Casino. Good pals with those out in Newcastle. Riverwind Casino. We're online at riverwind.com. You can get tickets to the upcoming Bedlam Series Beats and Bites Festival, presented by Coop Aleworks. Blue Oyster Colt, May 27th. Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Soul Asylum, June 10th. Uh, July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird with Gary Allen on August 26th. Over 15 food trucks, retail vendors, inflatables, uh, face painting for the kids. It's an awesome event. Get your tickets now. All right, Josh, before we hit the top five stories of the day that are red and roll, you said you wanted to push back on the it's all about the Benjamins baby. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sorry. I made that fatal mistake of of answering the phone, thinking that somebody would be understanding of the fact that we're doing a live radio show and I can't talk. For, <laughs> live show for live three show, minutes people. off Come the on, air. Let's go. But okay, so the, so the the point leading to the top of the hour here. I don't think it's only about money, Plank. I, I genuinely don't. Okay. Now I'm not I'm not naive. I will sit here and agree and entertain with you and anybody else that obviously the the jump to the SEC is a lion's share probably financially driven, right? It is uh, about the financial viability long-term for Oklahoma. There's no doubt that's at play. But I do think that OU, on plenty of occasions, unfortunately, after time and time again you did the same thing and you had to deal with the narrative for a pretty pronounced period where the SEC was winning all those national championships and a a couple of them uh, at at your expense – that you had to deal with the, the recruiting narrative. I want to be a part of the SEC. I want to be a part of the SEC. And you realized, why are we going to continue to fight that fight when we can have that advantage ourselves? And, oh, by the way, get our cake and eat it too. So the idea that you can go meet that head-to-head and face that challenge on a regular basis, and, oh, by the way, when you're beating Alabama and Georgia, okay, well, now we know that we're going to go win this college football playoff. We're not hopeful going in. With, uh, with a blind eye. So I think that was very much at stake for Oklahoma in this move as well. I, I think we've, we've got a promo that's running with Ted, and I, I caught it when we were coming back from break. It's a really good one. Um, and Ted's point is one that we deal with a lot. Oh, people are just waiting to say Oklahoma and Texas's success is a direct result of what? Playing in the Big 12. They're not going to be able to compete once they get to that level, week in and week out, the grinding of SEC season. They're doomed. I tell you, doomed. Doomed. People are waiting to be able to jump on that narrative. So if you can go out there and prove, like Josh said, hey, listen, we're not not going anywhere, then that's a hang on for the ride because it's going to be a pretty, pretty fun stretch. If not – it might be a little bit more challenging around here. But as it stands right now, um, I like that perspective, well, Josh. And here's the other part of it. Money and competitiveness, they're interconnected. They're interwoven sure. at this point. So you can't say Oklahoma made this move strictly for money and then ignore the fact that, well, you don't want to be on you know, an unlevel playing field with the Big Ten or the SEC. 
That's where this thing's headed. In Oklahoma and Texas, they didn't want to be on the outside looking in. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, you ready for the top five stories of the day? This is really, really good content on the Air Comfort Solutions text line right now, guys. So uh, at straight up 1130, we're going to hit that break on time for a change. I'm going to get caught up because this is – it's been a very polarizing day, you know, from Coach Switzer's comments, which we're going to get to here in just a second, to, um, I mean, just obviously the reality now that we're Saturday we're, – we're four days in, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, to knowing when Oklahoma's headed to the SEC. You know, finally, you've got that closure to it, and the takes have been flying. And we have them too, as do you. So keep them coming, 405-651-3439. But right now, it's time for the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Well, we're here at Riverwind today. Uh, Newcastle, I-44, exit 107, 14 table games, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Baccarat Newcastle Casino. And as always, I should mention this, Hour 3 is brought to you by Mop and Roofing, locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing, 405-703-3843. Big story, number five. Number five. Which, by the way, uh, side note, this place is hopping. It's 11.08 on a Tuesday, and this place is hopping. wild softball season weekend one patty gasso i talked to her in advance of sunday's game here's what she had to say about what she learned from her team and obviously one of the wildest games we've had so far this year there went over washington resiliency i was but did i say that right there went over washington on saturday night resiliency it was good to see i mean we had and we talked about it, so it's not. I'm not saying anything anyone doesn't know. We walked, I think, nine two-hit batters, so there's or eleven free bases plus two errors against a team like Washington, and you still find a way to win. It's a big deal. I found out that Nicole May is, I was what exactly what I felt was going to be is just this season. I just feel this poise and maturity, and she got us out of a huge situation that we had no business getting out of so um one play too that was big i don't know that anybody looked cared talked about but moving riley boone to right field at the right time she stopped that ball we would have lost either we would have tied the game they would have tied it or we would have lost it but she slid down that line to stop the ball and get it in to keep the runner at third so there were those kinds of plays that kind of might go unnoticed, but um, I just I felt resiliency. And I talked about this. I think it's something to keep an eye on this year is interweaving the younger players into the lineup. You notice Avery Hodge got a few innings in against San Jose State, watching the freshman Jocelyn Erickson get a start too seeing names like Sophia Nugent, who was the opening day starter at catcher. Told you, oh, you believe her, 56. Seeing Sophia Nugent back there, um, seeing them use some of the younger players, they're going to, at the very least, start preparing for what the post-Jennings-Coleman era might look like. But that's not how coaches necessarily looking at it. Yeah, it's just 
I, I'm really not thinking about it that way, but I know I've got to keep feeding them for their progress. And they are the future. And um, so, I mean, they're doing it and getting it done in practice, but they're behind such elite athletes. It's hard for them. And I want them to feel the field more than I ever have in the past. So you're going to see that this weekend. You're going to see it next weekend. I've got to keep feeding them and preparing them um, because I really, this roster is talented and it's strong, but if I can't give them, feed them opportunities and I, I don't know where their growth is going to come from. So I'm really having a different mindset this year with that. By the way, Josh, in very important stats to keep track of for the 2023 season. Okay. Games in which I have breakfast with Coach Gasso, Sooners are 1-0. Oh, man. Now, listen, Coach, Poppy, I'm not here to say that, you know, it's now inked in stone. Wait, does that even make sense? Sure. It's written in stone or it's Sharpie, but... I mean, 1-0 is 1-0. By the way, games in which Jin Rocha gave me a ride after the game, 1-0. These things matter as the season progresses. All right, uh, OU again. Headed to Waco this week. I've been talking to our buddy Patrick Dunn. He is he is working on either Jin Rocha or Nicole May for us tomorrow, manana on the show, I'll make to let I'll make sure to let all you softball diehards know as soon as we hear anything. All right, big story number four. Number four. All right, so the NFL offseason is here. The Chiefs will have their uh, parade on Thursday. So the report of a retirement of Andy Reid started to make the rounds. And heck, Terry Bradshaw asked him about it after the game. Where did it come from? You uh, answered the question last Sorry. night about next season, but what about longer term? What, what, what's your, not holding you to it, but uh, what's your longer term plan? I, I know I got asked that a lot and I wasn't really expecting to, but I, I hadn't put much thought into all that. I'm enjoying what I'm doing and got this guy over here that is a pretty good player. So, I mean, I'm, we're, we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when you have uh, Patrick Mahomes there, you're going to be okay. And now... We're reaching a very interesting time, Josh, because you're seeing Eric Bieniemy's name being rumored for other coordinator openings. And that's – boy, by the way, speaking of that, I'm old enough to remember, Josh, whenever there were rumors about Bieniemy not coming back because there was friction between he and Patrick Mahomes. Remember that story? Eric Bieniemy. But now he might have to go somewhere else to prove that he's more than just an Andy Reid assistant. Here's what Reid said about Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy has been tremendous for us and I think is tremendous for the National Football League and hoping he has an opportunity to go somewhere and, and you know, do his thing where he, he can run the show and, and be Eric Bieniemy. You think he takes a Washington job or something like that? It feels like the writing's on the wall. I mean, he's got to, for whatever reason, he's got to get out of Kansas City because he's just not – there, there's that prevailing narrative. It seems that he's not really, he, he's not really the man, right? That it's Andy Reid and Mahomes. And even though I think both of those guys would tell you, absolutely, being him, he's been a huge part of it. Right, absolutely. Um, 
Anything else? Patrick Mahomes was asked about, like, the off-season treatment for his ankle. I'll for sure be ready for OTAs and everything like that. Obviously, we'll have to continue the rehab, continue the treatment that we were doing, and just give it some rest. I mean, I think, I think the best thing for it is going to be rest. And uh, just trying to make sure that when we get to OTAs, I'm ready to go. The only thing that might take a, take a hit is my golf game. Yeah, <laughs> I think his high ankle sprain is going to be fine for the 2023 season. He's, he's all good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, heck, he was all good as far as that was concerned this year. Um, yeah, he threw he threw right, one he, incomplete in, pass in the second half, Blank. The the one that he threw out of the back of the end zone. So, the, the ankle thing, uh, I think it's all right. He also ran for, what, 20-some-odd yards to set up the game-winning scores. Yeah. So, the, the ankle thing, enough Not too already. Shabby. Not too shabby. All right, um, I think we're good on NFL notes. Derek Carr is going to get released today by the Raiders. They – were informed on Super Bowl Sunday that they he wasn't going to accept a trade to any other team. And I I had the deadline date tomorrow, but it's actually today. So uh, February 14th at some point, you'll see like breaking news, Derek Carr release. But uh, the, the Raiders don't want to worry about $40 million on his on their salary cap, Derek Carr does not want to accept a trade to another team. It's in his right. I'm not mad at him. Let's go. Let's see what's next in Vegas. All right, big story number three. Number three. All right, so big story number three. Let's go. We got a couple here to get to. Uh, I'm, I'm combining the NBA with the NCAA from last night. First, the association. Left wing. Get it to Ingram up top. 101 with Dort. Drives, top of the key, spins left, shot clock at two, double pump, mid-range. Good, nothing but net, Ingram. You can't believe how tough that is. Just right at the top of the key. You know, um, Thunder end up losing last night to the New Orleans Pelicans. Here was the final call on the Pels radio network. Giddy again on the hash mark. Bounce feed to Joe, fall away, corner three. Back iron, no good. Exhale. And you're going to taste the sweet fruits of victory in Oklahoma City for the second time this year. And the Pels escape with a three-point win, 103-100. to um, Breaks a two-game winning streak for the Thunder. Uh, you want to be negative. They've lost two of their last four. <laughs> They'll win tomorrow night against Houston because Houston is tanking and somehow beat OKC last week in a game that still makes no sense to me. But that's what's fun, Josh. Even whenever they even when they lose a game, Shea goes for 44. He looked like he got dinged up a little bit last night, but I mean, they just they keep winning games. They keep knocking on the door of that playoff mix. So, tomorrow night they'll get that win against Houston and they're they're right there in the play-in tournament. Are you okay with that? I would prefer that they get a lottery pick, but hey, you know. <laughs> uh, currently, OKC is just a half game out of the final four teams, which includes the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, the Warriors, and the Jazz. You know, you remember the the Suns did this in 2020, right? 2021 when the Lakers won the title. They got hot in the bubble and nearly made the tournament. And then the next couple of years, they've been one of the best teams in basketball. I can't help but think that's going to be what happens here with OKC. By the way, the Lakers are terrible. 
So you're not having to worry about anything coming from them. Meanwhile, for college hoops last night, two really good games in the Big 12. Here's Adam Flagler on the right side. Flagler jabs with his right foot. Turnaround jumper is good. Jay, uh, Jay Mo, John Morris on the Baylor Bears radio network. They win. Inbounds to Bonner. He'll dribble out the final seconds. And the Bears do sweep the season series over West Virginia. Winning tonight here at the Farrell Center, 79-67 Bears, the final score. So nice win for the Bears last night, and suddenly the top of the Big 12 is in chaos because... Supermarkets Arena was alive again. Harmon, Amac, fakes left, drives right. Alley-oop, goes! Kevin O'Banner brings the house straight to its knees. Six-point lead. Timeout, Texas. Yeah, Texas Tech moves out of the cellar for now in the Big 12. Rebound, Jalen Tyson. That'll do it. Good night, Texas. The Red Raiders have won. 74-67, upset city, Lubbock. Sportsman, you never know. So, as it stands now, Josh Helmer in the Big 12, Texas and Baylor are tied atop the league with a 9-4 and four mark after last night. Kansas, who's got what, Oklahoma State coming up, which is a big game. Kansas... Against OSU tonight at 8 o'clock with a win would make it a three-way tie. Then you have Kansas State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State who are all just a game back. Man, this league, how about that? This And every single time you think, this league, every single time you think Texas has taken this step towards kind of separating itself, something like last night happens and it suddenly throws your, you're like, oh, well, maybe Rodney Terry isn't the guy, right? That's just, that's the reality, though, this league top to bottom. It's rough. It is, but that is a, a bad, bad loss for them, given the bad loss, given the setup and situation they were in. They couldn't afford to lose to a team that's second worst in this league. All right, big story. Number two. Number two. All right. So yesterday during his press conference, Porter Moser was asked point blank about interest in the Notre Dame job by Bob Prisbillo. Here's what the coach said. No, I hope not. But I'll comment on the first thing you said is uh, I'm, a, I'm a Catholic kid from Chicago um, that I that we had a lot of success in the Chicago area with that. And a lot of respect for that university. Um with that said, I have no interest. I've not pursued it, nor do I have any interest. Oklahoma is my home. The Sooners are my home. I'm in the beginning process of, of, of turning a program around in an era of the transfer portal, of NIL, and the Big 12 being in, in, in unprecedented territory. Those, those three, and then the COVID extra years. I mean, all those colliding and, and having to rebuild a roster. I'm so committed. Um, I'm home. Um, this place means a lot to me, the people here, the fan base. I spent so much time um, with, with the student body, with the, the, the fan base. So, no, I don't. Yeah, of course, everywhere you go, you're going to have people, you know, uh, talking. So I know that, but there's nothing that can be said to me that's not stopping my vision and my passion of where I want to go and where, how I want to um, look at, at, at building this program and, and winning here. One, I mean, there's nobody that wants to win more than my staff and I. And uh, this place is 
I, I believe the people here, they're so special. Um, and uh, I can't control what reports, I can't, rec I, I can't control uh, what is said about rumors about jobs, but I can say unequivocally that's a false report saying I pursued it, unequivocally. Um, and nor do I ha want to. Um, I'm home. I'm home. I left home. I left home to be at home. Does uh, anybody want to win and, and wish the results were faster? Of course, I do. I do. But they're going to come. They're going to come. Um, like I said, we're in unprecedented territory trying to build this um, with, with all those four things I identified. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing that is, is, is wavered on the vision and where I want to go and with, the, with this program. There's denials, and there is that. And that's about as strong as it comes. Josh, I know we're behind, so I want to hold off on getting your response until we come back. So let's hit big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. And again, that is counting down to tonight's huge game between Oklahoma and Kansas State. Eight o'clock tip. Uh, Valentine's Day special, baby. Let's go. But we'll hear more from po Porter when we come back on preparing for Kansas State tonight. But Josh, I want to I want to focus on the denial next, and your thoughts on that passionate commitment to OU basketball Porter Moser made late yesterday. When we come back, more from the top five stories of the day, which is always are brought to you by Newcastle Casino right here on the Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Ref. This is some great advice from K Puck. And I can uh, honestly tell you, Kay, no one's going to take it, but here we go. I think the fans need to stay in their lane and let Porter do his job. I believe he will get it turned around. That's a good one. That's that's good. Have you checked Kurt's Twitter feed out recently? Yeah. Go take – what's Kurt's Twitter feed? Um, I'm sure he's really happy, too, with the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Uh, you can check out Kurt Keeley on Twitter, at Crimson with the K, Kurt. You try that on him. Go tell him that. <laughs> uh, this is a – there's a really, really long text. It's good. It's, it, 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 it tries to make the analogy, but it's very, very wordy. Very, And I'm not – all right, I'm not mad about that. It's just we're so up against it. It's like, no, this isn't like you not being afraid of competition. This is like you taking your show to another place where you get more money – that's just a matter of positioning, right? You're looking at it from the position of you're taking it and you're just getting all the money you possibly can. I'm looking at it and saying, okay, I don't care where you put me. I think I'm going to win. I don't care where you put us. I think we're going to win. I don't care. I'm on in New York, dude. I feel like I can win there. You know, it's just that's how I feel. And you can say, no, your analogy, use this and out. No, no, no. Use the analogy that if you believe in what's going on, who cares where you put them? Who cares where they're playing? You suddenly just going to play home games because you're afraid to go on the road? We're not Alabama. Um, some of you are a little bit mean uh, here on the text line today, so I'm trying to steer clear of that. Josh, positive energy. Positive energy on the positive. show. Brent Wright, smart move by OU. Money, yes, but it was required to stay competitive. Losing top recruits, mainly on the defensive side, because the perception of the Big 12 sucks and would always keep OU a step behind the SEC programs. Better recruiting and defense is on the way back to OU. Not a fan of Switzer's response. Makes us look weak and scared. 
I think Barry can have a point and not make us look weak. I think that's fair. And I don't necessarily know if he's wrong. You know, I mean, Lincoln Riley has been the person that's pushed back on. He didn't leave because of the SEC. <laughs> right? Lincoln's the guy that's pushed back. He's like, no, 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 no. This is a great opportunity. But I, I said this a lot. I said this a lot. Barry's take is what you do hear from a lot of the elder statesmen. Statesmen? Statesmen. Statesmen. Singular. You know, there's a lot of, I don't know, guys. I don't know. But we're about to find out. Ain't stopping yet. Uh, A couple of non-SEC Big 12 takes. Plank, what do you think about Texas and its coach delaying the game against Kentucky? Have you heard this story about Mike White? Yes, I have, and I think it's a disgrace to the game. I think it's pathetic. If you didn't hear it, Kentucky had a lead. Um, I think that they had moved either extra innings or in the seventh, probably extra innings. Kentucky took a 7-4 to four lead. They are playing in Austin. Uh, they are playing in Florida, excuse me. They had a drop-dead date for travel. Uh, Drop dead time, excuse me, for travel at like 2.30. And Texas was down 7-4, to four, and it became pretty obvious that they weren't going to score those three runs to tie the game with uh, a couple of outs. But they were also pushing up against the drop dead time. And by the rules of softball, and I think this is the same in baseball, if you don't get to complete an inning and – time is called you know hey this is a drop dead time they got to go catch a flight then you revert to what the score was in the previous inning in the previous inning it was tied between texas and kentucky so kentucky goes out puts their runs up texas is struggling all of a sudden mike white has a conference with an umpire uh they bring in a pinch runner and right before the kentucky players about ready to pitch they call time the game's over (laughs) so yeah there's that's my Cliff Notes version. I'm sure I'll get a, oh, and then there was this from the story, but the basic crux of it is our man delayed until they weren't able to finish their inning, and thus Kentucky couldn't win the game because they didn't complete the inning. I kid you not, if I'm the athletic director, I am so embarrassed by that. And a couple of those players, I would be embarrassed too. I, it would make me, if I was on that roster, I don't think I could play for that guy anymore. That's so weak. Yeah. That is so wildly weak. Keep in mind, this is a program that played in the National Championship Series this last summer. And, and this guy's going to play stall ball to try and avoid a loss because it's good for the yeah, resume. It. It's, uh, th- that is embarrassing. It's so against the spirit of the sport. I, I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. Um, it's trash. It really is. They tried to do that to us, not Texas, but we had that happen to Oklahoma in 20, oh gosh, 17, I want to say. In 2017, we went to Los Angeles and we were playing CSUN. And it was one of, it was like a Monday game. It was like a Monday getaway game. And it went extra innings. (laughs) And we were in like the 10th. I want to say, like the, the 8th, ninth, or 10th. And we were getting to where there wasn't a drop-dead time, but I 
I want to say the coaches had to get together and say, listen, we've got to make a drop dead time because we got a plane to catch. And so they set a drop dead time, and the CSUN coach started having all these circle visits because they were fine with the tie. They were fine with it. They just didn't want a loss. And thankfully, Fall AFU got a base hit right as the uh, right as the drop dead time hit, so we were able to survive. But yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, it's weak. I think that it's soft to me. Chris Del Conte absolutely should suspend him. Absolutely should suspend him. Make a statement that that is Dude, not be the hilarious. that is not the fabric of Texas athletics. I, I, frankly, I think it's a fireable offense. It's that weak to me. It's that I, pathetic to me. But uh, I would I, I would start with a suspension. I didn't have to laugh because I don't know if it was Jackie Wentz or somebody on Twitter was going off on it, and one of the Texas fans is like, well, it's Kentucky's fault for not scoring until earlier in the game. You're like, what? <laughs> that's a take right there. I, I, I actually, I'm not even mad. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, we were talking, okay, to give you show perspective here. We were talking about what Oklahoma lost, uh, will lose in the next uh, over the next two seasons, right? Uh, I had mentioned in two years, you say goodbye to Tiare Jennings, Jada Coleman, Kinsey Hansen. Um, I think Brito's in that group. I could be wrong. Uh, but Nicole May, you, you lose a lot. Oh, you believe rights. And remember, next year, shortstop, DP, and one starting pitcher all leave too. There will still be great competition for starting spots in 2024. And then there's this from the 405. Can the getting growth for players have a little player transfer prevention? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're going to see Oklahoma be very active in the portal in softball consistently because transfer ads have made a difference for this program. You know, my gosh, going back to Shelby Penley, uh, if even before then. So I mean, the the portal is crazy, but immediate eligibility in the transfer world is nothing new to softball. It's been that way, so they will. But at the foundation of it. And all these championship teams, the foundation are program players, players who have been in the program or whom are recruits. I mean, I, my first year, 2016, the foundational players, the Aaron Millers, the Katie Selfs of the world, with all OU peeps coming in and Sid and Fale and Kaylee. I mean, it's that foundation you still want to be, even though the, the portal is awesome, you want to be able to go to the portal for, like, two players maybe three tops every single year right you know you don't want to be having to go get five or six from the portal and i think that's what oklahoma is hoping to avoid with development of hannah core the development of sophia nugent the development of quincy lilio jocelyn erickson as well i think they're all important uh the 918 writes will moser turn the program around time will tell but tonight the sooners upset kansas state 79 72 I hope. I hope they get it. That would be tremendous. I hope they get it done. Uh, The 402 writes, the fact that Barry didn't know that OU lost six starters on defense is about all you need to know about what he knew about the team. Listen, I I, I get it. I understand there's some frustration, but I think to the comments that he made, it all goes back to six and seven. Mm -hmm. If this football team went 10 and two this year, I think we're not sitting here, or 11 and two, 10 and whatever. I don't think we're. I don't think this kind of conversation is being had, Josh. I don't think this kind of concern is there. Agreed. And if you weren't just 
basically, let's call it what it is, hapless defensively. If you were organized, structured on that side of the football and good, you know, relatively good on that side of the football, we wouldn't be having these discussions. But that can be quickly fixed, quickly fixed with one good season. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, how is Porter Moser handling the struggle? Uh, We'll hear from him and his interview with Toby Rowland earlier today. Next, plus, boy, these texts are really good. I mean, you guys, you guys are on fire today. We'll read some of the best next right here on the ref. I uh, I made the mistake, Josh, of getting in the comments of a Derek Carr story. Oh my gosh, is there a and and I love my team. I love my team. But is there a more moronic group of fans in my beloved Raider Nation? Uh, I don't know. Uh, sometimes, oh sometimes I wonder about some of these other fan bases. But uh, Raiders, Raiders are kind of interesting, huh? What, what, what have they got uh, you ex- frustrated about here? What, what have they said? Oh that- well, now, now they're mad that the nine-year starter captain who got benched by a coach with two games to go in the season, that how dare he not accept a trade to someone else? I'm like, <laughs> really? By the way, I do want to be at the point in my life, Josh, where I can just forfeit $40 million. It's like, eh, you know what? I'll take my chances elsewhere. 40 mil, forget about it. No kidding, right? I mean, how nice. <sighs> I'll get it. I'll make it up somewhere else. We're at Riverwind Casino today. The uh, Bedlam Series Beats and Bites Festival is back. Blue Oyster Colt and 38 Special on May 27th. Get tickets now at riverwind.com. And, uh, yeah, they're going to start March 1st. March, Sorry, sorry, sorry. March 1st, March 1st. Don't get too carried away. March 1st, riverwind.com. 15 food trucks will be here. Uh, don't forget about Cupid's Mad Dash for Cash and the Love. To get away. Some instant reaction to the Mike White story. Uh, Jim in Arlington writes, that's so Anadarko. Uh, 580 Nate writes, Coach Shumpert thought it was the right move. 405 asks, didn't Mike White flip off someone in the World Series last year? Close. Close. It was in the Big 12 Championship, Big 12 Tournament. Flipped off the umpires while going back to the dugout. I guess I completely missed the Nick Sirianni flipping off the uh, the Chiefs coaching box. Did you see that? Yeah, is that what he was doing? I thought that he was signaling first down. See, I went back and forth because it looked like he was messing with Jalen because Jalen pushed his arm down. And then someone said, oh, no, no, he made a gesture towards their coaching booth, and Jalen told him to calm down. And then someone else said he was signaling first down. I I think he was signaling first down because wasn't that after the uh, Dallas Goddard catch? Yes. And I use catch with, uh, you know, quotation marks here. (laughs) I didn't think that was a catch. I thought that was – but, again – the funny thing is you come away from a Super Bowl where there's obviously a controversial call in some people's eyes. There's obviously a couple of catches, one stood and one didn't, and you have people slipping all over the place. So, Josh, essentially we come out of the Super Bowl, and while we should be celebrating the Chiefs, there's people that are complaining about the field, there's people that are complaining about um, the officiating, and there's people still trying to figure out what a catch is. 
Let's go. It's like the NFL hasn't really gone anywhere. Yeah, we're we're peak NFL, baby. <laughs> um, we were trying to go back and forth as to whether or not this was a real take or not, because I was intrigued by it. Guys, I agree. Mike White's move against Kentucky was awful completely. But I keep thinking, is it really different than what the Chiefs did to win the Super Bowl? I was happy for KC, but the end of the game kind of let me down. I guess, what, McKinnon sliding down at the one-yard line to kill the clock and put it in the hands of – of Her- why did I just forget your kicker's name? They just kicked the Mr. game-winning field goal. Harrison Butker. Uh, yes, I think that's yes, a little totally bit of a different. reach. Yeah. Not, they're not even in the same stratosphere. One is within the competitive spirit of the game. The other is a cowardly move to eliminate a result that was basically a foregone conclusion. Kansas City, it's it's good clock management. It's not, not anything wrong that they did. Oklahoma's done this in the past where they knelt it down on people. Sure, sure. Um <laughs> Broken Arrow Fat Boy writes, have you guys heard of the Dallas Cowboy fan base? You want to talk about delusional. Well, that is that is fair. That is fair. Um, here's some Barry stuff from Coach Switzer's comments real quick before we break. Guys, Barry isn't wrong with what he said. He's just brutally honest. Barry has always spoken his mind. That's why people didn't like him when he was coaching. Everything is sugar-coated today. Sometimes the truth needs to be said. I think that's fair. I think that's what we've said this whole time. Say what you want. And if someone what what do we you're worth what? Your your worth is what someone wants to pay you when it comes to financial. Somebody well, they overpaid for him. No, they didn't. That's what they wanted to pay him. Shut up. <laughs> Let them pay what they want. But you're free to speak your mind, but I know that this falls in line with the, I'm not going to have anyone tell me what I need to say, and no one's telling Barry what to say. But you kind of would like to see everyone being in line with, dude, this is going to be a challenge, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. Let's go. And the SEC today is much different from, you know, the Big 8 and the Big 12. I mean, in in the Big 12, sure, you have teams that will be knocking on the door for a playoff bid, but you didn't have the Nebraskas that were always fighting for the national championships with you. I mean, the Big A was a different world, baby. That was great. You wanted that to, to stick around. But A&M leaves, Nebraska leaves. I mean, they're, I'm not this person that thinks Nebraska is only bad in football because they went to the Big Ten. I think it was inevitable that Nebraska was going to have a slide. I think it has something to do with the Big Ten. Hell, they've ended up playing easier competition in the Big Ten than they would have ever played in the Big 12. You've just replaced Ohio State and Michigan, or, or Oklahoma and Texas, with Ohio State and Michigan. And even A&M was okay in the Big 12 for a couple of years. I'm just, to me, you'd like to have that idea of, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be questions, but by God, we believe in what we're doing is the right way. And when you have one of the all-time great people in the history of, of, of OU, a man who will live forever, I mean, he's immortal in what he's done in Oklahoma sports, say, well, someday someone's going to have to raise their hand up and say, I made this move and I thought it'd be good for us. I mean, that's, guys, that's getting kneecapped. That's a gut punch. I don't care how you feel about it. So, ah, I'm not arguing. Say what you want to say, do what you want to do. But I I had to, uh, I had to, without a doubt, you know, kind of do a double take whenever I saw it. 
All right, we got a break. We'll have one final segment here from Riverwind. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, um, gosh, we've got like one minute left here. I will say where we're located at Riverwind Casino is right in the main entrance by the uh, hotel, which I've never been over here before, and there is a Willy Wonka machine that is behind us. So every so often you hear the little Oompa Loompa flute, and it's completely thrown me off this whole show. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, no. The little whistle whenever someone gets stuck in the lake of chocolate or that poor girl turns into a blueberry. What were some of the other dastardly deeds? That one kid got shrunk. Willie would play his little whistle, and here come the Oompa Paloompas. So that's where you can come see Ted. He's going to be out here. Have this never seen. Too. Have never seen from start to finish. Really? Criminal, really? right? Um, well, no, I mean. I think there's other ways that we could enjoy it now uh, in our adult lives, Josh. <laughs> well, Maybe we need to call Gunny of Stutzman's Army and hang out with him and watch it. That yeah, might help. He'll get us <laughs> our, our left-handed uh, necessities. <laughs> Left-hand, right. Hey, so um, it, it, with all of the talk about Barry's comments, uh, Bob Stoops has an interview with college football writer Chris Vanini, and Vanini asked Bob, about the OU Texas move to the SEC, quote, I feel great about it. I think it's a great move for the strength of our program for many years of the future. It also ensures um, filling a $5,000, oh, I'm sorry, I can't read, an 85,000-seat stadium that will continue to be full along with all the suites and whatnot with the opponents. I think it'll be a big plus for us being able to play the teams that we will be coming into our stadium. It ensures financially the athletic program well into the future with TV contracts, but more importantly, hosting home games in Norman, Oklahoma. In other words, Bob said, yeah, I think you all are tired of Kansas State. Here's Alabama. You're welcome. Uh, all right, hey Josh, have a great rest of your championship. You too, my man. Great to have you back, buddy. Which will be something I am saying for 360 days. Uh, Steel Man at Thune at noon or next. We'll see you tomorrow.